I'm going to try to get these goddamn vocal levels right. They keep coming in kind of strange, real low, and I'm hoping that I finally got it figured out as far as what should be turned up, what should be turned down. So we're just going to roll with it for a little bit and uh, talk some shit. Gonna talk some shit? So, sorry about the last episode, guys. I'm, uh, I'm still figuring out these buttons. I'm still figuring out what does what. And um, I think I had my shit turned way down last time. And Ray was coming in hot as fuck. So, it was just this long, drawn out. It was an awesome conversation. Don't get me wrong. But it sounded like a motherfucking CD skipping through the whole thing. And that's not good. That doesn't help me at all. Motherfucker. <laughs> see it is sunday afternoon and we're just sitting around not doing shit the motherfucking baby faked me out any of y'all new daddies you know what i'm talking about it's that bullshit it's when they fell asleep little motherfucker we went out and we had fucking brunch this morning and i don't know where exactly her sister got off thinking that fucking brunch was at 2 o'clock. That's, that's late lunch, bitch. What are you talking about? Brunch is 11 o'clock. And that's for anybody else that doesn't know. Fuck off. <laughs> Make me look like the asshole that had to sit there and go, um, I'm pretty sure brunch is between breakfast and lunch, so it should be 11, not fucking 2. Hmm. It's pretty good though, man. Had a um I I don't know if uh you guys are fans, but I really like me some motherfucking eggs benedict. Love eggs benedict. It's like my favorite breakfast thing. Hollandaise sauce is the shit. So we go to this place and uh it's on the menu. I thought about getting it, but instead they also had an open faced breakfast sandwich which had like uh bacon and some egg and all kinds of other shit but instead of being like a bacon egg and cheese biscuit it was just open face on a plate there was like tomato and shit on there so i decided to do a little bit of a mashup and i got the open face sandwich with the uh poached eggs and the hollandaise sauce over and the shit was delicious i loved every bit of it the kid was kind of being a shit, though. He was throwing his food all over the fucking floor like kids do. That's one thing, man. Like, I remember the first time we went out to a restaurant. And I try really hard not to to really give a shit about what people think. But the reality is, is when you're out in public, people will eyeball you. And maybe I'm just sensitive to it from years of having people stare at me because of a scar on my face. But uh, I pick up on on stare real easy, like because I'm constantly checking my surroundings and looking around at people's faces and shit. And uh, it's weird when you go in public because you know that everybody takes their kids in public. So it should be expected that your kid is going to be loud and maybe make a little bit more of a mess. You know, you leave a tip. You being good parents, you pay attention to your kid and everything should be fine. But there's always that chance that you're going to run into the one random asshole who is going to maybe be having a bad day and want to pop off at a motherfucking Denny's about how 
you need to keep your kid quiet or something like that. And, uh, y'all, I don't know how I would react to that. I, I like to think that I'm enough of a, an aware person to not get into a fight with somebody in a Denny's. I don't think I've ever been to a Denny's, maybe a Waffle House. But I think it's acceptable in a Waffle House. You can fight all you want. They don't give a fuck. But there's always that ever-looming like sense of, oh, I hope somebody doesn't pick today to talk some shit to this kid because I don't have a lot of triggers as far as things that are, will just set me off quick. But that baby is definitely one of them, you know? And I know that there are those people out there who just... They don't have the ability to keep their fucking mouth shut. And I'm going to be sitting there eating my fucking, my delicious hash browns or something one morning. And I'm just going to listen to some motherfucker say the wrong thing. And I'm going to have to go upside his head with a plate. That ain't going to be good. Does that ever go away? Or do you just eventually, you don't give a fuck. You just let your kids tear shit up anyway. My wife, I think, realized that uh, she was getting on my nerves because the kid watches this show that he really enjoys, and he watches it too much, I think. It's getting to a point now where every time the fucking TV comes on, he comes in and he goes, Pocoyo! And Pocoyo! And until you turn the shit on. And he hasn't quite gotten to have like a fit about it yet, but he's not far from it. Like, that is definitely coming down the pipe. It won't be much longer before he starts stomping and screaming and shit like that for it. So, I'm just trying to get in front of the wave. I understand that it's a way to maintain his attention and get him to do something else for a little while. But at the same time, it's it's becoming a problem. <laughs> like All he wants to watch is this fucking show. And if you stop it, or if it... You know, Netflix sometimes will just shit out on you and... You almost have a panic attack while you're sitting there trying to turn this fucking show back on while he's little angel faced baby is standing there going, Pagadu, Pagadu, Pagaya. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, I'm trying, hang on. Yesterday, it pretty much booted us from the show. It wouldn't even let me play it. So we had to watch something different for a little while. He didn't like that, but fuck him. broke out my fucking VCR the other day because we stumbled upon some old Disney movies y'all got Disney movies laying around they're so good man some of them some of them are terrible and one of them I brought is one of them actually I got a Dumbo with all of its classic racism it's delicious man You gotta fucking go get the old tapes out if you want to see the original cuts, you know. So, we plugged that shit in last night, and, uh, yeah, we watched some Dumbo. We watched The Lion King. That movie still holds up, man. Still is going strong, and I can appreciate The Lion King. Sometimes it's, it seems a little corny, like my wife was uh, not making fun, but just making the point that, you know, standard definition on a big-ass HD TV, it looks really, really terrible. And like I said, well, you know, you need to appreciate the fact that this was probably one of the last Disney movies that was hand-drawn, so that's kind of a big deal. Like, this wasn't some some computer bullshit 
these motherfuckers were sitting in a room with a goddamn lion over in the corner drawing pictures of what they thought these things were going to look like and hyenas and rhinos and shit and so I mean that in itself kind of makes it a standalone movie for visual effect I know that uh, it's on the list of live action sequels so that's going to be pretty cool I think The Jungle Book was alright with it's uh, fucking Bill Murray is the bear I did. that was really good man I'm usually not a big fan of remakes but that fucking Jungle Book movie was the shit. So we fucking drove over to this restaurant for brunch this morning. And before we left, my wife asked me to look up the uh, like the GPS coordinates. And um, why is it a motherfucker will try to figure out the fastest way to get somewhere and make a point to go the fast way when in fact it's saving you maybe two or three minutes I've never really understood that and in fact it makes me a little crazy when somebody is like no we we have to do it this way and it's like that way isn't that much better like you're you're just kind of being a shithead at the moment (laughs) We fucking leave, and she ends up missing a turn, and she gets kind of crabby and shit. And I'm just like, dude, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, we're going to this place. It's right, literally right down the street from here. She was like, I know, but this is faster. And I was going to shout. I said, it doesn't fucking matter. Jesus. And I hate her driving. She hates mine. Why is it that everybody drive? it? People in their cars are so fucking stupid nowadays. It is ridiculous. I drive every day, y'all. Fucking almost 10 hours a day. I'm on the road looking at you fucking people with your cell phones and your goddamn putting makeup on and you're smacking your kids over the back seat of your car. Like, it is appalling to me as a professional roadsman. Somebody who has to abide the law every day. Somebody who takes all the precautions to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to be safe and courteous to all you motherfuckers driving your car out on the road with me. And then I see you texting a motherfucker while you're driving, smoking a cigarette, trying to eat a Big Mac. What the fuck are you doing? Do you understand the magnitude? Like, I don't give a fuck if you want to kill yourself. That's fine. But doing it on my road, baby, you stand a chance of running me off, of making me have to make a snap decision. It's not good. You got to use your brain, baby. (laughs) Stop that shit. Stop it. I wish that I had, like, a... EMP weapon. Something that I could point and just zap a motherfucker's cell phone. Zap. Sow. Two. <laughs> it would be probably 500 people in the central Arkansas area that would lose their phone in a matter of two weeks because I would just be zapping phones 
all day. <laughs> fuck your phone. Fuck your phone. Fuck your phone. Oh, shit. Been watching a lot of Netflix lately. Hmm. I don't get to watch anything anymore, man. This having a kid thing is fucking crazy. I really thought that, you know, obviously it was going to be time consuming, but you would still have just that little bit for yourself. And that is not the case, man. These little motherfuckers take all of your time and all of your energy. I can't understand having more than one. Like, I don't know what I would do if I had to divide my time up any more than it is already. Like, this shit is crazy, son. So, yeah, been watching a shit pile of Netflix lately. And uh, I've knocked out some good docs, man. I watched The 7-5, which I don't know if you're interested. It's about these motherfucking crooked-ass cops in New York back in, I guess, the late 80s, early 90s. And this one motherfucker in particular that was kind of the ringleader and... They explain how, I guess, this dude came to the ranks and everybody was good in the beginning and then people started taking bribes and it just turned into this whole, just this shit show of fuckery and police brutality and robbery and just all kinds of shit. So, yeah, check that shit out. Um, <laughs> hmm. I also watched a prison show about Angola down in Louisiana, the the farm prison, and uh, I don't know, I watch a lot of lockup and shit like that, so I've actually seen some stuff about Angola before, and I guess I thought there was a different warden at the time, but uh, the one on here looks like it's from the 90s, and uh, got this old, kind of chubby white dude as the, the warden, and at different times he's talking about how much it costs and said that they got a $55,000 toilet paper budget. And he was like, most people probably don't understand how much it costs to supply a prison with toilet paper, but goddamn, it's expensive. And he kind of breaks everything down and explains why he basically has all these guys working. Uh, not slave labor, but I mean, it's pretty much, it's damn close. And in some situations... I get it, man. You know, um, some people are in prison for really bad things. They need to do some work. And I understand there's people that probably uh, shouldn't be there. And that sucks. Uh, you know, the good news is, as they said, that these uh, places in Angola have a lot of uh, people that are lifers and shit like that. And a lot of those folks have gained uh, diplomas and different academic situations to where they're educated lawyers and things like that and they've gotten people out of prison so i mean that's an upside at least you got somebody on your side but uh yeah man it was crazy they followed the life of a few different people there was one guy that was talking about how you know it was a circumstance of like uh like racism and it was a double uh double rape and he had went to prison. He'd been there for 20 years already. And he explains his story. So you're sitting there. 
And he talks about how, you know, he was arrested at a time when racism was just rampant, I guess, in that that part of town. And I, I can buy it. I know the shit is alive and well, so I can only imagine in the 80s and 90s the kind of shit that was going on. But uh, this guy was accused of two separate rapes. And he says the DA sat on a doctor's, uh, like, a doctor's what's a, a basically a doctor's testimony that said that the girls were actually still virgins and that they hadn't been raped and they said that the guy had sat on this for like 15 years you know just to keep this dude under wraps so you kind of feel sorry for the guy and he goes to the parole board and the woman comes in first and she just basically she starts crying and she explains to these three men how you know she was traumatized and the only security that she gets is by knowing that her attacker is in prison and please don't take that away from me that's the only security i have she says i'm i have a problem with black men like i can't be around them and anytime i pull up at like a gas station and i see black men i always drive off and one of the parole board members was black, and he goes, well, do I make you uncomfortable? And she said, well, no, but I also wouldn't be in a room with you alone either. And it was kind of this weird little awkward moment. And uh, anyway, so they talk, and then the prisoner comes in, and he makes note. He says, you know, this is the deal. I've been trying to get this information for years, and it was just recently given to me, said Basically, this doctor's note says that both of their hymens were intact. They were, in fact, still virgins. Also, the woman had picked him out of a lineup, and he brought to attention the fact that he was the only person in the lineup that was wearing handcuffs. And he says, look, you know, like, I'm the only motherfucker there with handcuffs in the front, and uh, that's why she picked me, this, that, and the other, and... It's weird because you start to feel that. Oh, and he also said that she made the statement, like in her actual statement, she said that all black people look alike and that she couldn't properly identify uh, the suspect or whatever. So that's the deal. He pieced all this out and he tells them this. They're looking at the pictures and they're kind of contently like, hmm, hmm, this is, this is interesting. And he says, all right, well, you guys give me a minute and... Uh, please step outside mr johnson or whatever the fuck his name is and he goes outside and then all of a sudden they flip the switch and they go he did it he definitely did it you can tell you know the other guy starts writing down kind of violently this long ass thing and he's just saying yeah i could probably come up with something in 20 years too you know it's just that's he definitely did that shit and it just kind of makes you sad to know that there is a system like that i know that there's bad people too you know, I have an uncle that went to prison for like 17 years for rape. He's been in and out since. And I like to think that I know the what really happened in that situation. But then again, I probably don't. He probably never really told anybody. Because it was probably really fucked up. <clears throat> so I've been watching a lot of prison shows lately. Uh, that one about Angola was crazy. Because they talked about an old man that died in prison. And then there was also somebody who was on death row. And uh, that was pretty nuts. 
just to realize that, you know, by the end of the episode, he died. They set it up well, though. They didn't, like, show any of it, but they uh, definitely presented it like it was going to happen. And then right towards the end, they um, the warden was talking about how they're okay with it, saying, well, you know, we just hope that we make the right decision, and so-and-so will probably go to heaven. That's what we feel, and that's what we do. It's not a good job, not a fun job, but somebody's got to do it, and we do. So, that's pretty crazy. Giving somebody a lethal injection. I guess it is what it is, you know. I don't think you should kill people. I think if you kill somebody, you should get to get killed back. That's only fair, man. Especially if it's it's undeniable. Now, I understand there's always circumstances. Shit happens. But sometimes people just kill people that happens I think that's one thing that fucked me up with all these lockup shows is I'm so jaded now like I want to see the best in people but the problem is as I know that the worst is usually the case these people that murder the shit out these people murder 10 people and they go hey man um, do you feel bad about that? And they go, yeah, I definitely feel bad. I feel remorseful. And they go, if you had to do it over again, do you feel like you still would do it the same way? And they go, definitely would do it the same way. Yeah, I'd probably kill maybe 12 people even. And it's like, oh, you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> that's That's a real thing. People are that kind of crazy in this world. And I know they're out there. So I have a real hard time sometimes not skewing towards that when I see something that maybe isn't that case. I'm always going towards the bad side of people because that's just what I've seen more of. You know? I told my wife not too long ago, I'm not too sure what joy feels like. I don't think... Like, I've been happy a few times in my life. You know? I'm happy when I get Taco Bell. That makes me feel good. I'm happy when the bills are paid. I'm happy when my fucking bank account has a comma in it. That's always good. But I mean like joy. Like to have somebody give you something. Like something that really fucking matters at the time. You know. Or somebody to just do something really nice for no reason. And my wife does shit for me. But you know. It's just it's weird. To be an adult. And just kind of have an idea of what true like happiness is i'm just content that's it i'm cool baby i don't need to be filled with joy and emotions now with having this kid i'm definitely trying to get better at it trying to connect you know and and learn how to be emotional but sometimes it's real hard you know my wife it took years for us to even get to a point where I was just completely emotionally invested. But I think most men are like that. We're all pretty guarded. So, it just, it takes time, man. <laughs> Especially, you know, men that have been wronged in their life by somebody who is looked at as like a, an authority figure or somebody who has, you know, rank over you. It hurts even worse when you find out that person fucks you over. 
because then all the rules go out the window. This person who's been your guiding light turns out is full of shit, and you know, like, well, what is right? What's what's what is what? What's up? What's down? This is all fucked. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> hmm. So I'm sitting here fucking watching, uh, La. No, it's inside the world's most dangerous prisons on Netflix. And, uh, it's a pretty cool show. It's, uh, came out last year. And it's got this fucking Scottish guy. I believe Scottish, Irish, one of the two. But, uh, he's got that real thick accent. And he's talking about, we're going to go into the world's toughest prisons, you know, and telling about how the story setup is and it's pretty crazy man because it's kind of like dirty jobs but it looks like this motherfucker's really going into prison like they strip search him and uh they let uh language fly too so that's even better at one point he's like holy fuck you know and he's seeing how messed up this place is he's in honduras and they said it's like the murder capital of the world said like 400 people i think a month fucking die there from gang violence and just poverty and all kinds of shit like that so he goes to this third world jail or prison and it's like 700 people in this bunker built for maybe 250 and he fucking comes in and it's just a bunch of sketchy looking motherfuckers lined up hanging out arms through the chain link and shit this place doesn't have running water they're toting buckets and shit around and one part of his initiation when he first gets there is uh they make him dump out all the toilet paper from all the the cellmates from the bunk he was staying in but basically uh this place got so bad with rioting that they have a system with the guards um the guards are actually inmates like trusty inmates they give those guys batons and basically, it's a self-policing bunch of fucking convicts. And when he comes in, the first people that he meets are these dudes with sticks. And they take him in the back. They strip search him even worse than the first guys. And uh, they let him know. They said, listen, don't fuck around in here. He said, if we do something you know, you need to be aware of, then you fucking pay attention they said you do what the fuck we say when we say to do it and we're here to protect you understand that you know and so it's just a real fucking intense situation with those guys and at one point they were talking about how nobody really feeds them like they're not funded federally so they get rice that's it and every once in a while, they'll get, like, vegetables and shit that are donated. But it showed people chomping up rats and possums and all kinds of weird shit. And uh, at one point, the dude's standing there talking to the, the head cook. And he's like, where's your kitchen, man? Is This is it? And he goes, yeah. And it's just three big-ass kettle, like, cauldron-style pots that they cook rice and beans and shit in. And uh, he goes god damn like this is crazy man you feed 700 people a day breakfast lunch and dinner he goes yeah you know it's those three pots and these three fire pits man then they're talking and the guy is funny because in a lot of shows where people are interviewing prisoners they kind of put on kid gloves and they don't really ask questions they just say well you know what are you here for and maybe they'll tell them maybe they won't 
So this guy's asking questions and he's talking to the head cook and he says, you know, hey, uh, you know, what what got you here? And he says, oh, murder. He's like, oh, yeah, what happened? And he explains to him that he fucking hacked some dude up with a machete. And uh, the guy's standing there listening to his story and he's like, that's that's pretty crazy man you know i'm standing here chopping up vegetables with a dude that murdered somebody with a machete and he's like yeah that's okay pass me another cucumber bro and he's they have this awkward little laugh and it's it's really weird to think man like you know this is a prison that's almost completely filled with murderers that's what they do there the next person is like this 19 year old kid and he's chomping you know skinning cucumbers too and they're standing there talking and he goes hey man what are you here for and he says murder and he goes oh shit what did you do and he says well this lady accused me of stealing her money and i didn't like that so i broke in her house and murdered her with a machete and he goes holy shit um with a machete huh well what happened did she die right away and he goes yeah she died pretty quick and he's like okay (laughs) just psychopathic poverty stricken people man it's ridiculous